Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. My name is Joe Bradford and I want to talk to you today about some of the misconceptions that have been floating around about the evidentiary standards for weight underneath Islamic law. And I put, I'm putting this video out because I felt that it would take too long to get an article out to people. And I know that, that, that this topic is so sensitive that it's necessary that we get the word out there to clarify these misconceptions. Now I want to say that um, when we talk about this issue, it's extremely important for us to be sensitive to the trauma that people who have been uh, raped and who have been subject to sexual assault um, go through. When, um, when we don't take that into consideration, we actually make a lot of people relive the trauma where they feel that they're not to be believed, where they feel that they are um, always wrong and that the people who have done them injustice are getting away with uh, with with wrong and to to essentially equate the crimes of zina and of rape or iltisab under Islamic law is unjust in and of itself and today I want to talk to you about these three issues I want to keep it short and concise so I want to talk to you about consent nature and process and why it's so important to understand these three issues we talk about consent. Zina is the consensual sex between two adults, whether married or not. Both of them married or not. Two adults come together, they consent to having sexual intercourse. Rape, there is no consent. It is the force, it is forcible intercourse from one party onto, onto another. And therefore, it is uh, not the same at all in its nature. And therefore, the evidentiary standards would not be the same. The Prophet said, My ummah has been forgiven for their mistakes and their forgetfulness and those things they were coerced into do. So when you don't have consent and you are being coerced into something, then you are not held responsible for that crime. And therefore, the standard of proving that crime would be completely different. Secondly is the nature of the crime. Uh, consensual sense, sex, uh, the nature of it is consensual. It is something that both parties agreed to, where they did so non-violently and with acquiescence to each other's desires. The crime of rape is, a, is, a, is by its nature violent. It is by its nature violating. It is by its nature one that imposes upon another and, and harms them. And the Prophet said, لا ضرر ولا ضرر. There shall be no harm nor reciprocating harm. So crimes of rape are investigated as violent crimes, just as if somebody was subject to assault and battery. They would be that would be investigated and as would the crime of rape. And then lastly is the issue of process. And that is when two consent consenting adults have intercourse. In order to prove that that happened, they are to they, there has to be four adults who witness vaginal intercourse by the male's penis into the female's vagina happening in order for that to be uh, that attestation to be correct at court. Now I know that sounds graphic, but that's the black letter of the law. That's from the Sunnah of the Prophet and throughout the corpus of Islamic legal texts. Now what that means is that the evidentiary standard is so high, it's there to force a 
free will, free willed consenting adult to think to themselves, you know what? I might not have four people see this happen. I probably see no one will see this happen. But who does see it happen? Allah sees it happen. Therefore, it creates a moral dilemma within the the the, the free consent, consenting adult to think about the consequences of their actions spiritually, emotionally, and socially. Rape, on the other hand, is completely different. If a if a if a person claims violence, an act of violence uh, from another person, there is a whole chain of evidence, a whole investigation process that has to take place. It's not as cut and dry and as shallow as saying, bring four witnesses or else you're not to believe. In the uh, Hadith of Tirmidhi, a woman came and claimed rape and she was asked to, to, to point out her uh, her uh, attacker in a lineup and when she pointed to the wrong person the person who was actually guilty stood up and said it wasn't him don't take him take me and he admitted to it now what about what happens in the process where there the person denies is she still going to be punished because she admitted that there was intercourse that happened no she will not uh, in fact um, there is the majority of scholars say that she would not be the, the the minority who dissented say it would simply be subject to the corroborating the circumstantial evidence. If we find evidence of harm, of attack, then no, she would not be. But if we find that she may be making a false accusation in order to get out of the guilt of having committed zina, then that's something else. Now, I want to say this here because I know this is going to come up. I'm not saying that we're blaming the victim, but I am saying that we investigate all claims. And that's a very important point. And it's also a very important point for us to understand that the majority of women, the vast majority of women who are sexually assaulted and who are raped never report. And of those who do, a very, very, a minute, a very, you know, a very minute amount of those women ever make false accusations. And so... It's important to keep that in mind statistically before we use a, uh, a, 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 a rare issue to then write off the claims of, of thousands, hundreds if not thousands of women. Now, I don't recall the statistics themselves, but I'm saying in, in general. So statistically, false accusations are actually very few. Now, what would happen in the case where a judge is presented with a woman who claims uh, assault, claims rape, and a man who denies it? What would he do? Well, he's obviously going to say, bring me proof. What can that proof be? That proof can be uh, medical records. It can be examinations. It can be psycho psychological examinations. Uh, there are a number, uh, as, as Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah said, al-bayyina, uh, you know, it's 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 general. It's not one thing. You know, it's not four witnesses or the highway. That's injustice in and of itself. But the Prophet ﷺ would take at different times different forms of evidence. And the evidence is that which gives evidence to the truth. So as long as evidence is promote is is whether whether it is direct evidence, corroborating evidence, circumstantial evidence that will all be taken into consideration in front of a judge to make a case against this person. Now, let's say that they don't have anything on this person to accuse. However, the circumstances 
seem to indicate that this person has been implicated in more than one sexual crime. And they are a person who uh, involves themselves normally in unsavory actions. While the judge may not be able to say that I conclusively uh, convict you for the rape of so-and-so, he may be able to say that the circumstances of your life and of all of your actions point to you being a person who is involved in things that need to be censured and therefore I will, I have the discretion, the judge has the discretion to sentence him, whether that be um, financial sanction, whether that be jail time, whether that be community service, whether that be lashes, whatever that may be, that's all possible under Islamic law. But there's a very long process that goes into this process, remember. It's not one and done. It's not, oh, do you have four witnesses? You don't, sorry. That's not what Islamic law says. That's in a very specific case that sets rules for accepting witnesses, but does not is not conclusive for every single form of crime that's out there. And I really can't say more than this. I've actually gone longer than I wanted to. So again, to conclude, Zina is not rape, rape is not Zina. They differ in issues of consent in the nature of the crime and in the process of adjudicating and litigating those crimes. Um, I hope this has been beneficial to you and I do hope to put out something in a bit more detail in the coming days and weeks. Uh, Jazakumullah khairan wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.